Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Brian Lunt to the show. Before we get to this week's episode, I want to thank my sponsors. First, NWO IT Services, Synchrony HR, Enterprise Bank and Trust, The Tom James Company, Edward Jones, and Go Brand Go. And now to this week's episode with Brian Lunt. Brian Lund, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you being on here today. Brian, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We've known each other quite a long time, and um, I know you have some new adventures in, in the works and um, with the St. Louis Business Club, and I thought I wanted to eventually get you on, and I had the time now to have you on, so I'm excited to dive in and talk about your passion and kind of you growing up and kind of all the, all the things that you've started here in St. Louis. You're a great STL leader, and I'm excited to have you on. Thanks, man. And I really appreciate you uh, creating this podcast. You've gotten a great collection of people together and it's just nice to be included amongst them and, and be a listener and a fan. So it's been great to uh, watch the evolution of the podcast. Well, thank you very much. So let's start kind of, uh, I always kind of say in the beginning, but talk to me about growing up here. I believe you grew up here in St. Louis. Talk to me about growing up here in St. Louis and kind of your path that eventually led you to starting St. Louis Business Club. Yeah, uh, born and bred in St. Louis, kind of grew up in the Chesterfield and Eureka area. Uh, went to Mizzou for undergrad, um, ended up back in Eureka for uh, the first part of my career, um, ended up working for my father uh, in banking. He started a small community bank in Eureka that uh, grew into four locations, Southwest uh, St. Louis County. And I had the opportunity to go work with him. And that's probably where I fell in love with small business. You know, the, the small community banks are really small businesses in themselves and that's the flavor that uh, I came up on, getting to know people, you know, handshakes, you know, having um, really good relationships and getting to know people and their families was uh, kind of what I learned from that experience. I was there for 13 years, which seems like a long time in today's day and age, but uh, got a really robust understanding of, of business in general. Uh, my dad was a great person to learn from. He does business, in my opinion, the right way. Uh, you know, he means what he says. He's a very, um, got a lot of integrity in, in how he does business. And so uh, it was just a great opportunity to learn from him and, and get to know all the business owners that we could, that we could help. Um, I, I probably outgrew the small community banking um, footprint because I just had aspirations to do bigger things. 
I had been in every department of the bank, you know, enjoyed learning every aspect I could, but I had an entrepreneurial bent to what I wanted to do. And so, and my dad let me kind of pursue some things. I got my real estate license. I went back to school a couple of times. I got, uh, you know, a graduate degree in banking down at LSU in Baton Rouge, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and then I went back to Wash U, which is a great school for my MBA. And I think the education coupled with, you know, an entrepreneurial um, intrigue really got me interested in what else was outside of the banking footprint. Sure. So that's really got me interested in St. Louis as a community and the ecosystem that exists. I wanted to kind of spread my wings and see what else was out there. And so I always tease that I tried to quit five times and wasn't successful till the sixth time. And so I went to my uh, wife at the time and I said, I need like a year to just go decide what I'm here to do, what my life's purpose is. You know, I've done what I can uh, in this environment, but I want to I want to see what else there is. And so um, similarly to the STL Leaders podcast, you know, I, I I love St. Louis. I've been all over the world. I've been blessed to I got I got to study in college in London and Australia and I've been to, you know, 35 plus countries and I still come back to the fact that I think St. Louis is the is the greatest city in the world. I really do. I think with all the amenities and the value that we provide as a package, there's nothing better on the planet. And so and I and I'll go toe to toe with anybody that wants to argue that. As well. <laughs> but at, at the time that I left the bank, I was a little disappointed in where we were um, on the world stage. It was you know, we had the Ferguson riots that were fresh in everybody's mind. The Rams were leaving, so Stan Kroenke was talking bad about about <laughs> the city, and you know that's another story. And my um, you know alma mater, Mizzou, was having some race relation problems as well. And so I said, I'm always a cheerleader for the city. How can I retrain my brain to look for only the positive? And so my original idea, because I had gone to business school, I had come up with plans and, and ideas, um, several things that I'd rather be doing than banking at the time. I said, I bet I have 50 ideas that I could come up with. I could write a business plan around. So, so I said, I'm going to take an entire year. I'm going to write a business plan every single week. And out of these 50 business plans, I got to have at least one decent idea, right? That I can right. pursue. Uh, I also had this crazy notion that I could take, I could, I could start 20 companies, one a year for 20 years and just maintain a 5% ownership in each one. And that would be my portfolio into retirement. So I had all these kind of templates that I started to build uh, to pursue. But because St. Louis was going through this, this turmoil, I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to only look for the positive things that I can find in our city. And so I took my top 50 challenge and I called it top 50 STL. And I created this platform that had you know, a weekly email. It had social media, Facebook and a website. And then I turned it into a radio show and ultimately a podcast. And it was that opportunity to reach out to good folks in the, in the St. Louis area and, and kind of get really familiar with what it takes to manage something like that. And it's a great way to network, as you know, oh, yeah. and meet really fantastic people. And so, and it was more interesting than telling people, hi, I'm Brian, the banker. <laughs> That's boring, right? And so I was looking for alternative ways to get uh, introduced to the ecosystem. So I did that. Um, I created this platform. I aggregated the top 43 positive stories about St. Louis every week, which is kind of a chore because you had to go through about a thousand stories to find 43 positive things because the, the news is just 
almost always negative. So Perfect. trying to find the positive things. But I got to learn so much about what we have in St. Louis. And again, I retrained myself as I had always been a cheerleader for the city to really identify the wonderful, unique things that we have uh, in our city. And then I added my business idea for the week, my, an economic development idea for the city. And then I had like my favorite charity restaurant. And then I have a person, you know, a person of the week that I would interview. So it's a great opportunity to, to get to know the St. Louis ecosystem. Now, what was fun is that that process essentially turned into the business, one of the businesses that I ended up starting, which was a co-working space. Yep. I, I jumped into uh, Tech Artista, which is, is in the Central West End for my first office, got to know the owners. They're a great group, great guys. They've got a good vision for, for co-working in the city. And I said, what if I got all the um, uh, owners and the, and the occupants of businesses in a co-working space. And I had a weekly meeting strategy session with each one of them, just so we could create relationships amongst the uh, co-working tenants. They liked the idea, but they weren't hundred percent behind it. So I ended up saying, okay, well, I've, maybe I'll just start my own co-working space. At the same time, I met uh, a gentleman who had, who had just kind of, um, fire sailed his company by, for lack of a better understanding, he had a 250 person company that was doing really, really well. And they had some, um, economic issues that made it to where he had to downsize the entire firm. And so he had this big empty 50,000 square foot location that they still had the, the lease on. And I walked through when we met and I said, man, this is a really unique and interesting space. My original idea was to create a network of people uh, all the people you would need to build and scale companies, but virtually. Yep. And when I met Josh, who ended up becoming my partner, I said, well, maybe we can do this all under one roof. And so we created Medici Media Space because there was media elements with uh, Black Box Theater and some studios and things. Um, and we created this co-working environment where we brought people together purposefully to help solve one another's pr problems and work on each other's businesses and have a lot of fun while we were doing it. Um, yeah. What I found in the marketplace is that my dream job didn't exist. So I decided to go out and create it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I did with, with Medici. And I ran that for a couple of years um, and had a blast doing it. I mean, it was, there were so many interesting projects that we got into. I mean, I started, well, I did a rock concert, um, a big one. We did, um, you know, speaking series. We got into nonprofits. We started, you know, getting into involved with just a lot of different people and projects uh, that helped St. Louis, and it and it was a lot of fun. But unfortunately, we still had fifty thousand square feet to fill up, and it got to the point that trying to fill up the space and and advertise the real estate as what we were selling, as opposed to the community and the people, kind of got away from my original intention. And we talked about downsizing, maybe going to a different location. Josh had um, a history there for the past 10 years that his business was located there. And so he decided to stick around. So he, he actually bought me out of the company. It still exists today, which is great. It's, it, you know, it's, I have a lot of pride in the fact that I helped start it and it's still managed to exist throughout all the turmoil the last couple of years. Yeah. But um, so that led me ultimately to found uh, the St. Louis business club, which was kind of the next iteration of what we started at Medici. And so the business club took from kind of the curriculum that I had built over the years, just being with people, 
knowing what they are uh, routinely looking for, kind of the fundamentals of life and business. So I created a curriculum out of six areas of life and six areas of business that I wanted to really promote and say, okay, where I'm going to kind of uh, make my way is helping people get their fundamentals um, in place so that then they can go specialize and, and flourish in the area that they, they are really good at. Um, what I, what, what I was lacking, what we were lacking kind of at Medici is that Josh and I were facilitating a lot of these, um, meetings. And a lot of times the advice get, we were the advice givers. Sure. And I didn't always feel that we were giving, you know, relevant or appropriate advice because it wasn't our expertise. You know, we had dealt with accountants and lawyers and other folks like that in the past, but I wasn't an accountant or a lawyer. I'd rather rely on one of the, their specialties to give the advice. And so I set out to find 12 experts in each one of those areas. And so we started the nucleus of the club as, as 12 experts um, to kind of add an advisory board element to the people that kind of joined us. So um, I started in Chesterfield uh, at a friend of mine's space called Undivided Experience Center, Gary Baker, who runs a wealth management firm out of there, which was near and dear to my heart because I had one of my other businesses was a, a financial planning office at our bank. Um, and then I got offered a location in Richmond Heights and then COVID hit and, uh, and I've been through 10 iterations since then. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell us about St. Louis business club today and talk to us a little bit about kind of what's going on with it today. Yeah. So we had the, uh, opportunity to move to the Richmond Heights location that was right before the COVID debacle kind of entered in. Um, it's interesting because it, the different locations and the different folks and, and just the evolution of, of the backdrop of our economy is what helped it evolve into what it is today. Um, I started at an old yoga studio, which I had never had any interest in getting into the yoga business or anything like that. But I had taken this, the concept of you know, shared spaces with multiple people into this location. And so I reached out to the health and wellness folks that I knew. And I said, Hey, I've got these studio spaces. I'm just looking for folks to utilize what they need and let's, um, and let's operate kind of a, a shared space health and wellness location. So I got an MMA guy, yoga, functional health, all these kinds of things. And that, and that filled out one of the spaces we had in the back building. We had um, the place where I was going to put the, all the strategy groups. And then the upstairs was an old, um, studio space that we we're going to do content production in. And so the location itself helped evolve the business club. And so we had three focus areas, which was really the operational side of business, the back end, the front side of business, the marketing, and then health and wellness, you know, how you live. So how, you know, the work-life balance. And so I had the opportunity to go in to the, um, health and wellness business. I got a number of people to come in. We, I did a lot of the work myself in terms of painting and renovating the space. Um, and that all kind of came as COVID hit because everything shut down. Well, I just got busy working on the location, you know, and renovating yeah. everything. Um, three, four or five different iterations of what COVID presented to us kind of pushed things down the line, tried to give up, kept it going, tried to give up again, kept it going. Uh, people were reluctant to come in person and all the things I was doing was getting people in person. We transitioned to in-person virtual hybrids with technology. So we'd have people that were comfortable staying home and people that would come in person 
we could still congregate and uh, move things forward. Um, we did that at the Richmond Heights location for about a year. And then I just said, I, it's not working. Like we can't get people out of their houses. This thing just won't go away. And so I was ready to shut it down and just go into business consulting full time. And then I got introduced to another location in Richmond Heights at the University Tower. And then it was a great amenities, some of the best amenities in St. Louis, uh, offices, event spaces, studios, again, the same kind of stuff that was presented at, at Medici. And so we revived it, started it up again, was getting, I was getting a lot of momentum in terms of uh, the platform. And then another couple of versions of COVID spiked up. And I, just got, <laughs> I just got frustrated. And so I uh, have since kind of dove into more of the consulting environment and worked with a number of different uh, projects in that arena. The club itself is more so my network of people that I rely on when I'm working on consulting projects and I need expertise in certain arenas. And it's, sure. it's been great to build this network of St. Louisans uh, that can help when, when you're in need. And so uh, we still run a week, I still run a weekly Bible study that is under the St. Louis Business Club moniker. And that's offered an interesting template for what we are doing moving forward. Spiritual is always one of the six categories in life. And I always use that as, um, as something that we discuss and have as a part of our, our club, but it was never kind of a leading category. Understood. And in the last few months, more, many of the people that I've been talking about because of the Bible study and other things, um, we've talked about looking at uh, a co-working space or a business club that does have a spiritual element to it. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. I'm talking, I'm talking to a number of people about reviving it and building it back out. Maybe that's in cool. A spiritual context. That's so, really cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that with us. So let's shift gears here a little bit and talk a little bit about leadership, leadership style, kind of, you know, how your leadership views may have even changed uh, during those those COVID years, right? We're, yeah. I mean, we're still in it. I hate to say that, but, you know, we just kind of forget about it at this point. We just kind of, I guess it's the new normal now, right? It's just, it's not going to go away and we're just, we're learning to live with it and deal with it. But talk to me about your views on leadership, kind of your style and how over the last several years, maybe you've had to like kind of pivot your leadership style and how you consult other leaders and kind of give them advice on leadership. Absolutely. So um, with with everything that I do, I've always talked about authenticity being number one. Um, I think authenticity as a leader is very uh, appropriate. I think it's um, it's dishonest when you present yourself in a business setting differently than you truly are. Uh, I know a lot of people that do that, the imposter syndrome, a lot of different things. But I think ultimately you win over more people when you're open and honest and authentic in front of everybody. That's evolved for me over the years based on the environment that we've been in with the political side of things and the COVID because the opinions have been so strong. And I've always liked to stay like Switzerland, right in the middle. I want to appeal to both sides. I want to appeal to everyone. One of the best compliments I ever received when I was running Medici is one of my friends said, you just love people. And I just said, thank you, man. I really appreciate that, that you pointed that out because I do. I try to stay as curious as I can about people, regardless of their background or their political persuasion or anything, because I want, I want to know them behind the veil. I want to know the authentic person. And that's been my kind of number one uh, kind of the number one thing that I default to because everybody you meet knows something you don't. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if I can trigger that, or if I can find something they're passionate or curious about, that's what I kind of go towards. And ultimately you create an authentic relationship with that person. And so that's why I say authenticity is so important. Over the last probably six months to a year, I've gotten more uh, bold probably in voicing where I, where I fall on, on some of these conversations, but I still try and do it with love and respect to the people that I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, um, it's funny, you know, that you bring this up because anytime you're in a position or a spotlight or a role where, um, like for me, I'm in sales, right? That's mm-hmm. my day job. I have this podcast as more of a hobby, but I'm also got a platform that I interview a lot of uh, very influential people here in St. Louis. And I, I never want to show my cards where I stand on those issues, right? Because I'm afraid who am I going to offend? Who's going to get upset with me? Who's going to no longer want to be involved with me? And, you know, when you think about that, it's actually very sad. It's very yeah. sad that we're in a political environment like that to where I can't have an opinion or boast my opinion without just saying, you know, at the end of the day, we have different opinions, but that doesn't change that I don't love you. Right. It doesn't change that. I don't respect that you have a different opinion than I do, because that's what makes this country so amazing. Right. That's what makes the United States of America the the country that it is, is we can have different opinions. We can voice those different opinions. We can have conversations about those opinions. But at the end of the day, we're all children of God. We all go to sleep at bed at night in the same, you know, in the same kind of uh, uh, facet. And so um, it, it is. It's sad that it's gotten to that environment. But to your point. I kind of stay, you know, very, uh, very quiet about that. Um, I've, you know, there's been times in the past I haven't been quiet about that. And I've went back and removed all those posts off of Facebook and Twitter and all that, because I'm afraid of how that's going to impact my career going forward. And when you think about that, it's sad. It really is sad that we've gotten to that, that point in our country. Yeah. I, I think it's sad when we feel bullied or we feel uncomfortable uh, to present ourselves, uh, on who we are. And that's why I say, I come back, I default to this authenticity. I I genuinely want people to be who they are and feel comfortable about who they are. And if that opinion, if they have an opinion that's contrary to mine, that's okay. I have no problem with that. It allows me to learn more about them, get educated about what somebody believes and then find middle ground. And that's really what I have tried to do in all of the meetings that I've facilitated and the relationships that I've built in the businesses that I've been a part of. There's so much more that we can agree on than we disagree on. And unfortunately, the, the media and other factions within our society, even throughout the world, are, are wanting us to be you know, divisive because it creates more ratings or creates whatever, yeah. whatever it creates. But you know, when I go out and, and see my neighbors and I see their children and I see colleagues and friends, there's so much more to talk about besides this other, you know, noise that we keep getting thrown down our throats. Yep. And that's fun for me. I enjoy finding that thing in the middle that we can enjoy with one another. Oh, your, your kids in baseball. So is mine. Let's talk about that. You know, you like a, a novel that I just read as well. Let's talk about that. You know, your your kids are aspiring to be, you know, geologists. So my kid love ro- loves rocks. You know, I mean, those are the types of things that I enjoy finding. And I think there are they're just divisive people that want us to talk about things that that bring us apart. And where we have such uh, an opportunity in St. Louis, because St. Louis has historically been this divided city 
it actually allows us much more opportunity to come together and create this wonderful cohesion of people and culture and history that has been divided for so long. And it's by figuring out what we share in common and figuring out what we love about our city, what we love about one another. And that's what I get in, inspired about the city and things that focus on St. Louis and, and specifically. Um, yeah. It's funny you bring that up because that's uh, if people who are listening to this episode, I mean, that's one of the reasons this podcast actually got started. I mean, back in 2020, when I launched this podcast, we were in the middle of an election cycle. We were in the middle of a COVID pandemic. And there was if you turned on, I don't care if it was local news or national news, it was either, you know, we're, you know, the world is falling apart because of COVID or the world was falling apart because whatever your view was on President Trump at the time. Right. And I said to my wife, uh, you know, you can't even like turn on the TV at night without hearing something negative, but there's so much positive happening in the city of St. Louis. And I said there, I feel because of my network and who I've met and kind of my, my background that I can bring a platform to our community that highlights the good and who the good people are in our community, who the true leaders are of St. Louis. That's why this podcast got started was because this is not a political statement, but I don't believe Sam Page or the mayor of the city of St. Louis or Alderman and Chesterfield, or I don't care what city they're elected officials, but I don't really necessarily believe they're the leaders of our community. Agreed. The leaders of our community are people like yourself, the people who are hiring employees, who are out there putting money into this economy, who are who are trying to move the city of St. Louis forward. Those are just elected officials that we have elected to represent us in government, right? And so I don't care what, what aisle you fall on, Democrat or Republican, the leaders of our community are, are the people who are on this podcast, quite frankly. And um, that's yeah. why this pop platform got started. I love that. You know, and I think... I think we've lacked a lot of leadership in St. Louis for for a long time, unfortunately. For a long time, unfortunately, yes. And and I think because the um, the political environment is so toxic, you know, decent people I don't think want to subject their friends and family to the process of going through that. And so I actually think there is a a large group of leaders in the St. Louis area that genuinely care about the city and and what happens and. And it's not that they're trying to work around politics, but it's very difficult to get anything done in this political sausage making that we have in front of us. And yep. and I think my whole model has been developed to help highlight small business owners, because I do genuinely believe that they're under assault right now with all of the. And uh, they make up most of our economy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's troubling to me to see what a big government, big business, big anything can do to, you know, our neighbors. And I want the restaurants, local restaurants. I want the, you know, landscaping folks and the dry cleaners and the people that you see on a daily basis, weekly basis to thrive. And I want them to have all of the amenities and opportunities that our, our larger institutions have. And that's, that's why the business club was built is it was a freelancers unite model so that we can have all the power and sway that these larger institutions have because you know they need it the most small business owners need a lot of help and it's not just going to come it's it most people just kind of grind through it and figure it out as you go and you either make it or or you don't based on your own willpower absolutely love to see the leaders of St. Louis, you know, the ones that don't need the accolades, you know, the small business owners that are, that are 
This is yeah, this this podcast is their platform for that to give Absolutely. them the accolades and give them the yeah. give them the, give them the uh, notoriety that they deserve. So, Love you know, it. Brian, I always end this podcast by asking my guests to leave us with a piece of advice, and we've shared a lot of that today. But if you could leave us with one piece of advice, and maybe that is authenticity, I, you know, what what would that be from you? My my, you know, stay curious. My favorite thing, you know, when you when we when we hold ourselves back, I think sometimes we get judgmental. And I think when you stay curious, as opposed to being judgmental, you open yourself up to so much more. And, and whether it's a young person or somebody transitioning careers or somebody who is an, a leader right now, when you stay curious, you open yourself up to the energy of becoming uncomfortable. So you can go into neighborhoods that you've never visited. You can go into situations that you've never been in. You can say, I'm not scared of that. I'm curious about it. I want to go and try that and get exposed to so much more. And by in doing so, you learn and you become better and you get to know more uh, about this human experience that we're all sharing right now. So no, I think, that's, I think that's great advice. And I appreciate you sharing that. So on behalf of myself and the STL Leaders podcast, I appreciate what you're doing here for St. Louis and, and having those tough conversations and opening up about that today. And so on behalf of ourselves and the podcast, I appreciate what you're doing and continue to be a great STL leader. Thanks, Brian. I'm honored to have to be on the podcast.